Uh, so I decided not to edit it out because that sounds really funny. What the f is going on down there? Seth, I'm the ghost of WTF and TFW present. Ooh. Ah, so spooky. Because it is almost so Halloween. Spooky. In fact, if you're yeah, listening to this... it's not a Christmas thing at all. That's right. It was never a Christmas... <laughs> I mean, they're basically the same thing. There's an old Tim Burton movie, well, Tim Burton produced movie about that. Uh, it's a pretty good film. It's called the, the stop motion thing that was never outdone in stop motion technology since it was made. Uh, Are you sure it's a pretty good thing and not an overrated thing? Somewhat overrated. Thing. On a technical level, I looked back at it and I was like, nah, it's still amazing. Yeah. Uh, I only ever thought it was okay. I, I, I guess I, don't, I just don't get it, man. I don't I'm think not it's edgy enough. I don't think it's it's religion worthy, but I, I've uh, right now my personal scale is when I think something's amazing, it's still like very much in the context to me. But I. I re-looked at some parts of Nightmare Before Christmas and thought of it on a more technical, more like, I'm going to look at how they did this level. And then I was like, oh, now I like this thing even more. Uh, the only bummer is that, like, I, I I wish it was... I wish something that technically amazing existed that also didn't follow the narrative structure of a, a storybook musical. Because it means narratively, it's it's also like, I want something narratively punches a little bit harder that is also that technically astounding. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone's going to do that. Anything. Hi, Seth. Welcome to WTF and TFW. Hi. I'm Chris Vangelis. Why do you hate Kabu Kabutu and the two strings? Kabu Kabuki Kabuto Kabuki Boo. I'm doing the thing where it's like, you know, when you shrug, but you're also raising your hands and you're shaking your head while your mouth is just opening wider. You know that movie that came out a little Right, of course. That was stop no, motion. I don't, no, that had I don't the know. world's record for the biggest puppet, stop motion puppet ever. Oh, but I guess that doesn't mean anything in your sycophantic Nightmare Before Christmas world, your hot topic universe. I don't know if you're making this up or not. <laughs> there was that movie, the Kabuto. I'm not pronouncing it right, but it's like something like Kabuto and the Two Strings. And it was a stop-motion animated flick that I haven't probably, seen, but people said it was amazing balls. There was probably a stop-motion movie that came out that I haven't seen that's starting to sound really familiar. I think but the Bumblebee director did it. haven't even heard it? about it? I, like, heard about it because I think it's the one the Bumblebee director did, but I haven't seen it because I haven't kept up with stop-motion very well. Yeah, but it's, like, at the world's record for the largest stop-motion puppet of all time. I'm not in stop motion fandom. I just I'm, I'm an onlooker from the outside in. Is this going to be another Just Eats thing or Good Eats thing? Just Eats. Uh, I haven't listened to the last episode yet. Okay. I was on vacation last week, so I'm like super behind on all podcasts. I said I haven't seen Good Eats, and then Aaron like turned Twitter against me for the entire podcast. I mean, it's a pretty good show, but I wouldn't like fight anybody over it. Oh man, my my mentions were uh, a, a garbage fire. And then, and at the very end, Aaron was like, here, have a torrent to illegally watch Good Eats, the show I love that I'm going to have you illegally watch and thus not support. The episode on tea is really, really kind of cool. 
I just started watching from the beginning yeah. and and then noticed that the encodes for the episodes from 1999 are the size of a postage stamp on my 4K monitor. Ah. And that threw me off for a sec. Still visible though. Uh, anyway, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do some listener questions today and talk a little third party, and then some what we got. Uh, roughly in that order, but the listener questions are gonna be on the front and back of the third party stuff. And we're gonna open with one of the listener questions that references me and Seth. Oh no! Uh, from uh, from episode four hundred and seventy nine. So this is like a follow up question. Uh, this comes from Rexodus, who says, Good morning, afternoon, or indeterminate time of day to you find folks at the Transforming Table. Brian, Rexodus, Brian, what you guys decided my name was. Uh, again, with another question. In episode 479, Evangelist and Seth discussed having a blind bag or box set of humans to go along with Transformers. That conversation grazed an idea that occurred to me. Personally, I just can't get into Headmasters as a concept, but even I can see the appeal of the play pattern. Uh, so what do you cool dudes think of the idea of a future line where the whole gimmick is human integration? Cybertronians are normal figures, not Headmasters, but like in Titans Return, they can interact with humans in battle suits. The Titan Master skeleton is recycled and tweaked to be humans in power suits. The Titan Master Price Point remains as an exosuit line, where the human comes with a vehicle of some sort that can exosuit them up, uh, and, and etc. with larger figures. Uh, so basically, oh, it, it also uh, solves the problem of the useless human sidekick trope that Transformers fans find so tiring. So it basically would be like Titan Masters or Prime Masters, but they're little humans in power suits. Uh, thanks for the fun characters you people have made in response to my other questions. They were a massive hoot. Until next time creak a squeaky door closing so uh i think this would be really cool uh to maintain the thing of current transformers having lots of cockpits and little people to ride in them but those little people not necessarily having to turn into their heads uh i would be down for that because uh, i'm really enjoying the cockpit side of this whole thing call well because once presumably these drivers aren't gonna turn into anything they're not going to be heads or guns or motor blocks or something. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe a call the line, Transformers Diclone Wars. Oh, you lean it into Diaclone, and I think you would have a winner. Especially yeah. if it if it's like if it's feasible to have little magnets put in their feet. Yeah, but I mean they wouldn't be able to just bring over the modern Diaclone figures because I'm I don't know, but I would guess that they wouldn't pass. Um, U.S. safety regs. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, like the Titan Master thing where it's like the arms and legs are kind of... Well, the arms aren't, but like that they're mostly fused together into a number of larger pieces, yeah. uh, I think would be necessary. I would be fine with that as long as you could wave the arms around. Just I don't know if that name carries any weight outside of like adult collectory fans. Like Yeah, they... And then they that had name a, doesn't mean anything in English. <laughs> Well, that that way they could really probably just throw it in there. Just call them the Diaclones, and then like come up with you know some reason why they would be called Diaclones. Like they they had the name get referenced in Titans Return. Uh, the Voyager Optimus Prime's little headmaster guy was called Diac and was made to look like a Diaclone dude. So the the seeds are there. We need to westernize this name some. Can we call them the Dude Clones? <laughs> and they're just a bunch of clone dudes. They all have different names that are numbers, but then some of them take on nicknames as their personalities emerge until Order 66 is said by the Emperor, and then all of their personalities get overwritten. Except for one, apparently, that appears in a later series, I guess. More than one. I didn't watch More than one. Oh. That later series is the only one I watched, but I I like it. I'm pro-Rebels. I don't have an easy way to watch it, so... 
Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I just use I use streaming means because I'm I'm a lousy cord cutter. I'm not pro Ezra. I'll throw that one out there for the people who are watching. Oh, you mean uh, Lord Snoke or Supreme is that, Commander Snoke? Is that a legit? Is that a legit thing? That people That's are bouncing one of around? the theories, but um, I saw somewhere that like a couple days ago, Lucasfilm was like. Lord Snoke is, or Supreme Commander Snoke is not Ezra. Stop it. Just stop it. Because <laughs> I mean, but that was that one would, of the theories going around. That would be hilarious. But yeah, I, I would, <laughs> I'd, I would actually bet money against that happening. <laughs> uh, I think it's a time traveling Chewbacca who lost all his fur and learned how to because speak. He's pretty tall. Snoke is pretty tall. Spoiler: yeah, but, I got the Snoke toy. He's pretty tall. Those little shoes, though. <laughs> Those the silly, golden slippers? Silly little shoes. They're fashionable. Oh, we're going to talk about him a little bit more. Yeah, we got to talk he's about him. He's a fashionable man. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this, Rexus, this idea is super darn solid. The exosuit thing would only make it double solid. Uh, it would be a great place to go after Power of the Primes is done if they want to stick with the current pattern. Uh, and like I said, keep the cockpits around because I'm really, really digging the fact that current transformers have cockpits that are inhabitable um going on from there actually let's let's do our third party thing because i'm i'm linking to like a roundup of a bunch of third party news honestly i only want to talk about one thing in here but uh yeah there's a lot in this post yeah uh this just has all the images i want and they're all at the bottom <laughs> i really just want to talk about the iron factory stuff okay well before we get there um uh, I missed the news on some of these, but mm -hmm. is this is this one set of three cars a uh, Road Caesar? Yeah, inspired? and uh, the yellow one's been out for a bit, and the red one just came out. That's the TFC okay. Trinity Force. So I, I think that's pretty cool because that's a fairly obscure thing. Mm -hmm. I like that. It sounds like. It's, it looks like it could be really cool. The yellow guy came out, and then he had some things that were kind of a bummer. Uh, one of them makes sense. The The Brain Master gimmick is a whole separate, like, head and neck assembly you have to swap in to have the little guy rise up. Uh, and then you swap it back out to make the head poseable. Because <laughs> that cavity is yeah. also where the combiner peg is. So the Brain Master thing's kind of a nothing on these guys. Yeah. Which is fine. Uh, the other bummer, though, is the yellow guy came out and had a bajillion little QC problems. So it seems like these guys might need some... They, like, basically, what I read is they're fine if you're willing to do a bit of work on them. Uh, at least the yellow guy. Uh, the red guy, I don't think we have enough reports on yet. Uh, yeah. And I, I forgot all their names. <laughs> then there's this Insecticon set that... Um, I'm not feeling it. Which image number? Star. They're like the first six images uh, ah oh yeah these are the video game ones that planet x are doing so they're based yeah, on not, the fall of cybertron designs i'm not digging them yeah they're, I, don't, I don't like their i don't like the cut of their jibs the planet x stuff is kind of like they, they're very good at doing the video game designs which means that often the biggest fault is whether or not that video game design is any good for you yeah not so much it turns out um, is there anything else in here grabbing your eye? Uh, I, can, I, I love doing, like I love doing the updates. The, I kind of like the looks of this one Bruticus here with how large Blastoff and Vortex seem to be. 
Is that um, number 21? Uh, I'm going to say 15. Hot 15. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's the Unique Toys one. Yeah, yeah that's that's the one that's very cartoon model oriented. Yeah, well, I kind I like how big uh, Blastoff and Vortex look to be in this picture because that will make the scale a little less wonky. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, even though that's going to make Brawl a very little tank. <laughs> yeah, um, the, and the and the robot modes are all actually the weird thing is so this the unique toys version. Uh, Swindle and Brawl are out. Onslaught's about to come out, and those three are all super close to their cartoon looks. But then everything they've shown for Blastoff and Vortex is those two seem a lot less cartoony. Hmm. Uh, it's it's it kind of weird. Uh, seem, yeah. They seem like a cool set, but I, I was not as into the two Airborne guys. Yeah, and I'm not in the market for a third-party Verticus. Um, I just kind of like like how big the 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 two flyers seem to be oh yeah combined mode and a bruticus is always a nice look at like a a company's skill sets because it's sort of hitting everything right it's like you got to have aircraft dudes landcraft dudes and a combiner you know how well can you do all this and balance it Hmm. there's a whole other there's a whole other bruticus on image 21 that's a different one yeah that one (laughs) uh, i'm looking at that one right now um it maybe looks more proportional as Bruticus, but then that plays into my little scale gripe of uh, the the jeep and the tank and the space shuttle and the helicopter all being kind of the same size. There's also um, some uh, there's some gossip about this Bruticus. Uh, this this was going to be Toy World's Bruticus. And then all the guys working on it stole all the designs and went and formed their own company. And since they didn't have to pay for any of the development, uh, the limbs are all like 60 bucks on this guy instead of 90. Hmm. But the other thing to note is he hmm. he looks better as Bruticus because his le- his his uh, upper legs, his thighs and his hips. If I recall correctly, that is a completely separate piece that you plug onto Onslaught. So it's not Onslaught's legs. So this this Bruticus makes use of some more parts forming to look better as a combiner. Which ain't this, really my bag. This whole stealing stuff to keep your cost down sounds a lot like the Retron 5 controversy. Oh, jeez. Is that recent, or is that the ongoing thing of the Retron being weird? Oh, it's, uh, I guess it's the ongoing thing. Yeah, like the... like I To me, the Retron always looked like something that like someone thought up, and then probably someone else went to make, and then someone else took and made again. But I like from a super distance is what I'm looking at it from. So I don't I don't know anything about Retron. I just made Wait. assumptions. Are we talking about the same thing? I'm talking about the system that can play all kinds okay, of old okay. cartridges. Okay, we are thinking about the yeah. same thing. For a second, I thought maybe you thought I was talking about a third party transformer or something. Oh no, there is. Okay, you know what's really screwed up? There has not yet been a third party transformer called Retron, and I think that's super screwed up. Retron 1 or 5. No, Retron uh, 1 through 5, and they combine into Retron 10. Oh. What they should be doing. <laughs> no, the Retron 5 looks like garbage, though, from everything I've seen. I've never heard a good thing about any Retrons, except that they're functional. Like, that's the well, best I've heard about them. Well, apparently not, because I was talking to the guy that, or talking to a guy that runs a, a shop that was selling them, and he said they stopped carrying them. Because at one point, every single one they sold came back. Because in that batch, they forgot to hook up the Genesis port 
So Genesis games just weren't, or the, the, the cartridge slot just wasn't hooked up to the, to the board. So I'll, I'll update my opinion on the Retron 5. <laughs> <laughs> it probably really sucks. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, this, the stuff are. I wanted to talk about was near the bottom. No, uh, I'm serious. I don't want to talk about that. Stupid. It's stupid, so I, and anyone who likes it is stupid. Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about it anyway, because well, I'm proudly stupid. Proudly <laughs> stupid. Uh, the, there's a bunch of Iron Factory stuff that got announced, and then I forgot about all the stuff Iron Factory already has coming out in the next few months. They borderline have like a figure coming out every month through till next year, this time, next year. That's kind of cool. Iron Factory are one of the guys who do the little pocket-sized guys. So all their stuff is like small and chunky and fits in the palm of your hand. And uh, they announced a whole bunch of things. They announced a Jazz and a Warpath and a, uh, a Shrike's Feather. Uh, Steel Lucifer, which is my new favorite third-party name. Uh, just a Shattered Glass version of their Optimus Prime. A Jetfire who can like play with that Optimus Prime. The thing I want to talk about is the mainly an Image 59, second-to-last image. Okay, just real quick, Shrike's Feather sounds like a German curse word. <laughs> yeah, you know, douche. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the word for feather now. But it probably sounds really cool if you yell it at somebody. Shrikes. Actually, okay, I want to briefly talk about Shrike's Feather, which is image number 55. Because, yeah. Seth, we talked about the thing with Iron Factory, and whenever they do girl robots, they give them oversized anime heads. Uh-huh. So they, this is a weird one. So they've already done the Seekers, and they're about to release the cone heads. This is using parts of the Seeker body with a new smaller torso, but then an oversized head. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're girl robots mixed with their seeker. Looks really not great. The no. the the, the head looks, looks horrendous. Yeah, the head looks even worse on this because like parts of this figure are based on a better proportion figure. So it looks even more like a weird Frankenstein's monster. I'm really bummed out that they stuck <laughs> with the oversized head thing because it everything is, except is the head looks fine. Is this supposed to be a female character? Yeah, this is supposed to be Slipstream. Because the face doesn't look very feminine. It's just a looks slip big. Slipstream, so Slipstream's whole thing is like she's she's usually just like got a, a slightly tweaked, like smoother cheeked seeker head. And so like their way of mixing their head with that with their seeker head is this end result. Which doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I don't like I'm that kind of path either. I'm not I'm kind of bummed out either. Uh, I, I like that Warpath, but he's an age yeah. tank. He's a total age tank. I don't like tank. his, like, trapezoid cannon barrel. I, I mean, I'm not going to argue, because that's literally what it looks like. <laughs> it just doesn't really bug me that much. <laughs> well, it's, it's not round. It's not even square. It's a trapezoid. It's a space cannon. I like his feet, though. I like his big, giant, chunky track feet. Yeah. I think it looks stupid otherwise. <laughs> I got, I got like, this is one of those things. I can't argue with you because it's li- literally you. You're just stating the truth. He has a trapezoidal cannon. <laughs> it just doesn't bug me. <laughs> oh, bother me! I'm I got. Offended. I wish I could. I wish I could think of a way to argue that that's actually round. I find it offensive. That's actually round because, as you can see, you know, if you look, if you looked more carefully at a bigger image, you'd see it's actually a vector image that just looks trapezoidal mm-hmm. 
but is actually uh, Steel Lucifer is I, I also trapezoidal. I always have looked trapezoidal. Uh, Steel Lucifer is a retool of their Optimus Prime in that he's kind of got the same base robot, but they redid all of the extra bits to give him all the Nova Prime big wing stuff. And that's kind of exciting to me because their Optimus Prime, I, I liked except for some of the delivery on the armored mode. Uh, didn't quite hang together as well as I would have liked, and I'm hoping something might be different on Steel Lucifer. But, uh, Seth, I want to talk about Spirits of the DEC. So. Well, I want to talk the... about Mirrored Commander. Okay. <laughs> stupid. All right. <laughs> Shattered Glass. Shattered Glass is stupid. They retooled one of his boobs, and uh, you know what? They didn't have to. Boobs. You see, they retooled one of his boobs to have a hole. Mm-hmm. I did see that. Yeah, it's good stupid. on them. <laughs> good on them. Uh, Iron Factory are doing the Decepticon Justice Division, and they're doing them a pocket scale. They're all releasing October next year. And then as a surprise, aside from the fact that they've got all five of them looking pretty spot on, the five of them are just going to combine into a larger version of the leader, uh, Tarn. And I love that idea. It's it's extremely silly, but it's silly in a way that, that works for me hugely. Because really, it's just three of them combining into a giant Tarn, and then the other two are an arm cannon and a gun. And I don't really care. I like the idea of these five guys just turning into a big version of their boss. Uh, they never did this in the comics. There's absolutely no precedent for this other than whoever worked on these just wanting to do it. Is it a big uh, boss? Yeah, he's a big boss. He's got, you can't, he's got a mask on, so you can't see the eye patch. But uh, the mask being on is also why they thought he was the real big boss in Metal Gear 1, uh, when in fact he was the clone. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm super psyched about these. The only thing that's bumming me out is is that literally they're not going to be out probably till like a year from now. And I like getting previews like this this far ahead of time in advance, but also... It's like, this is the next Iron Factory thing I want, but they've got like 15 other things coming out that also look really cool before this. And now I'm just going to be thinking about this big dumb thing. So, sigh. I needed to vent about that on the podcast. These things look so good. Some of the earlier photos here and on Facebook, they've got individual picks out for the individual members. A lot of them, like their alt modes all look like astoundingly good. The one who turns into an electric chair still turns into an electric chair. Uh, and they've, they've got their RC strapped in there. Um, they, uh, some of these guys seem to have swap out expressive hands, uh, like their, their little shockwave did. And that's kind of cool. Uh, one of these dudes just turns into a, a, fl- a floating tank with two giant fists on the front. And I don't mind. Um, I'm, I'm way into this. And, and also mastermind creations at, at uh, a different show, uh, bought something, show that they're doing all of the DJD at their own much larger scale. They're going to finish off the team. So it's it's I'm feeling good. The DJD got a bit of a raw deal by the end of their run in the comic books, but I still really love them as a as an as a piece of imagery, and I'm I'm loving that there are now going to be like there's going to be a pocket size set of them and a big size set of them, and then the pocket size set can just turn into a big old tarn. Uh, makes me happy. So they're not in the comic anymore. No, uh, their story ended um, no. last year. So these toys are obsolete. No, these toys are now. Oh, Put them in the garbage. Man, I, don't, I don't. I was about to say something. I don't know if it's a spoiler yet, even though the comics were last year. These are uh, these are in honor of the legendary DJD, is what these are. 
Uh, oh, there was one other thing I wanted to touch on. That, that was Seth. my name back in the 80s when I DJed house parties. Your DJD? Yeah. Was, did the D stand for anything? Uh, delirious Beats. I was hoping you were going to say it stood for DJ, so you'd be DJ DJ. <laughs> DJ Disc. DJ Disc. <laughs> the compact DJ Disc. Yeah. yeah uh, I had to squat down so I'd look shorter, but... Seth, I, I didn't know these were at this show. I've been seeing like like company photos of these on on Twitter, but the very last picture, picture number sixty. You see how that's just a whole bunch of G one looking robots. I do see. So this is a new company. They've announced all of these little G one robots, and they're also all pocket scale, and they look mm. really darn good, especially for how small they are. Uh, and I'm friggin' psyched. I think they're called MS Toys or something. Uh, and and like that Ultra Microsoft Magnus looks toys. really good. Microsoft is getting in the third-party game with a really good-looking Ultra Magnus, like a solid Cyclonus, a bunch of Stunticons, Inferno. Uh, and these are all supposed to also be at the much smaller, like, Legend-style scale, which immediately stokes my interest when their robot modes look so good. Beachcomber so, that's tipping backwards. Yeah, he well, he's just, hey, yo, <laughs> he had something before he got in the case, and he's just riding it. It's a drug joke. Uh, the, these guys, the only thing about them that could go wrong is if they're built really badly, and I hope that doesn't happen, because they look really promising. And, what if they're uh, built I, I, real good, but the colors are all screwed up and sloppy paint splattered all over them? If they're built real good, I can deal with that, because I've, my confidence as a customizer has grown in the last year. So if, the, if they're really good canvases, then I can wait till they're on clearance and then buy up a whole bunch and paint them myself. But I hope that's not the case. Yeah, what if that Cyclonus is orange? That's fine. Drag strip, strip is blue. That's fine. That's G2 drag strip, Shattered Glass Cyclonus. I can deal with that. Seth, would you have any interest in these little Stunicons? Like, especially since they're probably about four inches tall? Yeah, actually. Um, being small makes it more attractive because smaller tends to be cheaper. Yeah. Um, and... Just the idea of committing to any other, like, I got that one, like, uh, who did it? Um, that one. Fans Project? Gone team. Yeah, Fans Project. Um, I had gotten that team, and I just, I can't commit to the cost of another third-party combiner team. Mm -hmm. um, but if they're little and a lot cheaper, that could be cool beans. And I don't think, like, unless they, they're keeping it hidden for who knows why, they've shown, like, three or four Stunicon... I think they've shown all four Stunicon limb guys, and they said nothing about them combining. And I would be mm. fine if they didn't. Like, if they're just four really solid little transforming Stunicons, I'd be yeah, cool like with Like, in this picture, you can't really get a good look at who's behind Dragstrip, but I assume that's one of them. I think um, so. It looks like there's the other two. So the only thing that would be missing here is Motormaster. Yeah. And it does look like there's something that flips out on Dragstrip's chest there. Like, well, not on his chest, but like... Yeah, the belly the thing. Yeah. I just wonder if that's like that weird, you know, the engine thing on the back of his, his vehicle oh, yeah, that's, mode. That's plausible. I mean, I'm not going to be mad if they combine. That's not going to make me <laughs> throw my hat on the floor and go, how dare well, they? Well, I wouldn't be mad if they don't combine. Like, that wouldn't yeah. make me mad either. Like, it, yeah, I mean, as long as they look cool together, that's cool with me. 
Yeah. And it, like it was it was their announcement of the Stunicons, which I saw on Twitter, I think like today or yesterday, that really made me like like the the first thing I saw from these guys was that was that Ultra Magnus, who looks really darn good. And then hearing he's small made him like triple good to me. And then seeing those Stunicons, I was like, these guys are worth keeping an eye on. I, I hope that they can pull off all these prototypes they've already made. Like, I hope that that's a level of commitment that means they're going to follow through on this and deliver something solid. Because I love me my my, my well-done pocket scale stuff. Uh, also because it's small, which means it's less expensive and I don't have to worry about where I'm going to put it. You put uh, it in and also, pockets. That's, the, that's why they call it pocket scale. Just uh, also, put them in your pockets and walk around with them. I, th- I think that like clever transformations done in a small package is still something that very much resonates with me as as a, an enthusiast, enthusiast with my butt. So I'm I, I have my biases obviously, but uh, yeah, just really darn good pocket scale news all around uh, this last couple of weeks. Uh, not not to like completely glaze past all the larger toys. It's just that they aren't exciting me as much like the only other like a bunch of things are exciting me but off the top of my head the main large thing that really got me going is unique toys is about to release a really good uh movie lockdown with an amazing transformation from car to that robot and now they're showing that they're going to try to do the same thing for movie Four optimus prime which is like my favorite movie prime design so I'm kind of stoked that Unique Toys is getting in on this, like, they got a designer who figured out how to make vehicles turn inside out into robots, uh, and, and that's sort of exciting to me on a transformation level. But, other than that, Seth, anything else you wanted to really hit from any of this? Have you seen any third-party stuff that made you curious or, or got your gears turning? Uh, just, I'm just rolling through these pictures again. Nothing's really standing out. As something that, like, I feel like I gotta give my hot take on. Yeah. I mean, these, these, uh, whatchamacallums, Omega Supremes are huge. Yeah, those are the DX9 ones. Uh, the competition for the fans' toys one that just came out. There are are two companies. They got that that Freeman in there with them, and his head doesn't even come up to their knees. And that figure's real big. Yeah. I'm really interested in these DX9 Omega Supremes because they've been hinting that, uh, like, well, obviously, you know, his chest detaches to turn into a tank and his arms detach to turn into a rocket. Uh, They've been hinting that the rest of him does not have to parts form to form the rocket base as much as you might think. And I really want to know what they're talking about because that gets me a lot. Because Fans Toys have got theirs out. And it's a giant Omega Supreme, and that's fine. But I've watched how he transforms, and it just looks like it sucks to do. Because it's it's like G1 Omega Supreme falling apart into pieces with the added thing of being more complicated. And it just looks like it's not fun. It looks like it's like building a model railroad set backwards when you're going back to robot mode. And it just it, it looks like a real like eater of time. So if DX9 made that made the Omega Supreme transformation fun, then I'm kind of kind of excited about that. But they've still not shown anything about how he transforms. Uh, I was gonna say picture 36 is one more bit of pocket scale news because this is unique toys, little guys, the headmasters. 
they haven't talked about these in a while that I can remember, and now they're showing a bunch of ones that I think they announced at a convention a couple months ago. But like Highbrow is in there, and like like the rest of the Headmasters, basically they haven't done uh, that they talked about. They've got prototypes in there, so hopefully that moves forward because that's that's a cool little line, uh, hmm. Palm Collection. Anyway. There, we talked about a bunch of third-party stuff. Seth, we actually had gotten some feedback asking if we would talk at all about the TFCon third-party slides, and I uh, I don't know if I answered it on here, but my main thing was, like, I don't really want to because there were, like, 500 slides. Yeah. Uh, this I, was I prefer too many pictures. <laughs> yeah. I, I prefer this style of, like, I have a, a mission going in, and then we kind of vamp a bit, and, and that's that. <laughs> my mission was talking about Giant Tarn, and I did. My mission so, was to try to keep you from talking about it for as long as possible. And you, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> also, earlier I said grinds your gears, and I was going to mention, Seth, there has not been a, th- a new third-party gears since Bad Cubes, and that one sounded like it was kind of flaky. Oh, well. So we're still waiting for a good third-party gears. Just like gears. Kind of flaky. Yeah. A little rickety, kind of flaky. Seth, we got a question from that guy. Okay. He says, hello all. Uh, I recently picked up a BotCon 2002 CAT scan off eBay. Uh, besides being a fun Beast Machines toy repainted in color scheme I love, I was astounded by the packaging it came in. The lid has a completely superfluous flipping section that turns the box into a role-play laptop, complete with a button design, holographic body scan of the toy tech specs, etc. Uh, it's also worth noting, he didn't mention, BotCon 2002 CAT scan also has glow-in-the-dark paint, and I think some of that is on his box. That was a really cool toy with a lot of cool ideas that came out of nowhere and everyone forgot about. I, I always kind of like CatScan. Uh, anyway, that guy continues on. Uh, what is the coolest box slash packaging, Transformers or non-Transformers, the crew has seen, uh, has ever seen on a toy? Anything that's been so neat, you've ended up keeping it over the years to survive your painful packaging purges. Uh, so I'm, I'm like, I would say the ever part doesn't necessarily need to be there because who remembers everything they've ever seen? Uh, smart people, I guess. But... Crux of the question, Seth, is there any style of toy packaging that's ever just really stuck with you as like, holy crap, that's cool? Uh, I really like the boxes for that uh, original run of reissues. The, oh, the, the numbered box with the pages and then Prime came yeah. with the binder and the tray uh, you could set up as like a little display for all the accessories and whatnot. Um, those boxes did a lot yeah and uh, i saved all of them until just recently when i was like one i don't have anywhere to keep all these boxes anymore and two uh they've all got really crudded up like with like dust like infused into them and they Mm -hmm. felt weird like they didn't feel clean anymore and they just got real crudded up so I dumped them. Yeah, th- those boxes. I loved the part where they had all like the whole thing of turn the inside of the box inside out to be like a little stand with spots for all the accessories. Yeah, I just wish that it was more than flat cardboard. Like that was always my one bummer about it. Is it was like here's places to put them all, but then like if you bump the table that you have it on, then everything falls off. Yeah, and the illusion is the illusion is gone. Uh. I mean, they tried something with them, but it was, yeah, and and they looked amazing when like like there are photos out there of people who got the whole run and like lined them up on a shelf, and they look incredible. 
they, they are so nice on the bookshelf. Um, I'm trying to think Transformers-wise, like, it's not like packaging I wanted to keep, necessarily, but, like, I always liked it when Transformers packaging would get weird, like, almost for the sake of being weird. Like, uh, weird, like back in Transformers Cybertron, when all the boxes were, like, not quite box-shaped, which meant that they sucked to stack up on, on store shelves, and all the blister all the blister boxes were, like, weird, like, half-round things or whatever, and weird trapezoidal shapes. Trapezoids, there we go again. So it's when everything was all weird and trapezoidal. Uh... I kind of thought that was neat to look at, but I also disposed of all of it. Like those early Beast Wars where the blister was all kind of rock-shaped? Yeah. Um, or actually, one of my favorite toy packagings was the first G.I. Joe movie. Because uh, they had they were small little bubbles on a card that was like form-fitting to the back. But they were so colorful and they were like like they packed the accessories in in a way that made it feel like you were getting like an entire action figures worth of plastic and accessories. Uh, I didn't even like most of the line, but I love the packaging on that line. I remember Mm. distinctly. I don't remember the packaging off the top of my head. Yeah, it was just it was just striking in a way that that at the time really, really took me. Um, I had some other ones I was just thinking of now. Um. I like anything with a magnet flap, uh, even though I don't keep a lot of it anymore. Like a well-done magnet flap that kind of unleashes, you know, a little burst of fresh cardboard smell when you open a toy up for the first time. Like, that's that's always really cool. Uh, obviously, whenever they've got, like, uh, that, that San Diego Comic-Con Dinobot set where you can unfold the box into a papercraft arc play set, that's, that's a huge one for me. I love that one. Um... I was trying to think if there's anything recent that really stuck out to me. I've been enjoying how much I don't like packaging of late because it makes it easy to throw out. <laughs> uh, like I've actually been having a lot of I've been having a lot of fun with the the movie five toys because I despise their boxes. So I'm getting creative when I film their boxes because I'm like I want to really just I want to try to have fun with these boxes because I hate them so much. Yeah. Well, speaking of GI Joe, those uh, the first two box sets for the 25th anniversary. Joe's yeah um those long flat boxes that had a I think there was a magnet in that flap and we flipped that box open there's that whole big display bubble underneath with the uh press the button and listen to part of the theme song yeah I, I I think I ended up getting both of those I bought multiples of both of those because I was so excited when they came out I don't know why <laughs> I needed more than one of the Joe set, but for some dumbass reason, I bought more than one of the Joe set. At least if you bought multiples of the Cobra set, you got extra Cobra Troopers. Yeah. Um, I remember now uh, the two I wanted to bring up. One of them was that little run. Sometimes they go back to this, but often, so 3A does six inch figures now and then, and they always put them on oh, like yeah. giant, like giant bubble cards most of the time. Uh, sometimes though, they will put a six inch figure in a form fitting little like foam inlaid shoebox, mm-hmm. And I love those. Yeah. Those boxes are great. I love those boxes. I'm always bummed out when I, like, I, I want to get a three, a six inch figure and it's on the giant card. Cause like, uh, what is it? Uh, I action portables first wave did that. And I was like, Oh, and then I saw the second wave with blind cowboy at a local shop. And then those went back to the coffin, like the shoebox packages. Uh, so that blind cowboy is like on my, as long as it's in that shop, I'm always sitting there going like, I might pick this up. 
because mm. I like Blind Cowboy. I like I'd like to have a small one, and he comes in a in a cool shoebox. Um, the other one is uh, Acid Rain's current packaging for their GI Joe size figures, because uh, they used to come in little shoeboxes, but now it's like a slip cover, and then it's an actual plastic like uh, shipping container, like an in universe shipping container. Uh, and then you open it up, and there's foam inlay with the figure inside. But that also means you can close up the box. It's like those old Sigma-6 boxes. Uh, you can close up the box, and then it's also an in-universe, like, carrying container that you can use as a diorama piece. Uh, I like that kind of stuff, too. Uh, resealable boxes is a big one for me. Uh, oh, you know what? There's one I almost like. The last two Transformers exclusives, uh, Grotusk and RC... The uh, Hascon exclusive and the New York Comic Con revealed one. They come in these awesome opening setups with like, it's like a five layer opening thing. You you open up the box and you see some artwork. Open the artwork. The figure's on a bubble on one side. The little headmaster's on a bubble on the other side. Trading cards are on the top flap. Uh, There's a huge piece of artwork in the middle. It's so cool. Except that once you cut the twist ties, you can never put the figure back in the package again. Uh, and if they had done little clamshells instead of just straight up glued on blister packs inside that box, that would have been my favorite Transformers packaging of this year. Instead, it's kind of a bummer because there's no way you can put everything back together uh, without it, you know, being being fake. Uh, and it's glued in such a way that it encourages. It's like this beautiful box, and like, all right, rip the bubble off the sides of the box and ruin the way it looks. And it's like I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, there's, oh man, off the top of my head, that's a bunch of packaging that I really like. Uh, there's some packaging I've liked that I've also gotten rid of. Like a lot of Masterpiece Transformers boxes, they look really good yeah. when you line them all up. It's just that a lot of them are also full of wasted space. And as good as they look lined up, they're also kind of dour and boring when they're all lined up. Whereas, like, those original reissues are so, like, full of color and poppy and, like, they're, every every figure had its own, like, it, they were all white boxes with chrome printing or whatever. But then, like, every figure had their own subtle, like, color tone that filled in all the font on every box. And it just made it all really alive. Whereas Masterpiece boxes are just black and silver. And then that's it. So they're they're very close, but not quite there for me. Um, I don't know, Seth. Anything else you want to throw in there, toy packaging wise? Mm, not nothing's really coming to mind that that we haven't covered. All right. Um, yeah, I hope that hope that answers your question, that guy. Uh, and anyone listening, like if you can think of any other cool packaging, I probably forgot a whole ton of them. So uh, let us know in the thread any any that really stick out for you, uh, be it Transformers or otherwise. While you're doing that, I got a question here from Mr. Biatis, who says, Hello again, WTF at TFW. Over the years, countless people have been involved in the Transformers franchise, with many having their contributions praised over others. My question's about the people who you feel were just unlucky and deserve another shot, such as artists whose talents uh, just weren't utilized to their full extent, writers that were the victims of executive meddling, or actors that were saddled with a bad script and poor directing. Who do you feel deserves a second chance and why? Patly, self-explanatory. But let's say I don't have any (laughs) (laughs) self-explanation. Give me the elevator pitch. 
I don't know. This question is terrible for me because I don't feel like I know a lot of the names of people involved in Transformers. For and sure. the names that I know are the people who have gotten their just dues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can totally understand. Floyd O'Derry, Derek Wyatt. Like, yeah, those, <laughs> they're covered. That Derek Wyatt, unappreciated in his day. Yeah. We gotta we gotta get him another chance. Like like Derek Wyatt's weird in that like he and a lot of the animated guys, they got their recognition, but also they never got to finish what they were doing, really. Yeah, that's a bummer. And so I'm like, they're sort of they're like halfway an answer to this question, only because they had plotted out a really solid fourth season of ideas, and I wish that I could have seen their execution on it. Uh off the top of my head, a big one for me ever since TJ uh talked about meeting the guy. Uh, there's a voice actor called Brad Swale who uh, was psyched when he finally got a part in a Transformers cartoon. Unfortunately, his role was that of Kicker from Energon, uh, the the angry well, human rules. boy. Kicker's well, the well, only good thing in that whole trilogy of shows. That's what that's what a lot of people feel like now. But but back in the day, a lot of people were real rough on Kicker and Brad Swale. Well, you were you were one of I've the good ones, Brad kicker, Swale, Kicker man. Brad Swale likes you, all right. But a lot of people were not were were mean to Brad Swale, and uh, it sounds like he was just he was like he was like the fan the fan who finally got a part in the franchise he loved, but it was at the absolute worst time to get a role in Transformers uh, during the Unicron trilogy. And I would love it if that dude got another run at like something a little bit cooler. Uh, it should just bring back Kicker. You know what? Bring back Kicker and write him better. Have him not be a questionable dub, uh, and and I'd be I'd be down for it. That's that's the one off the top of my head. I can I can think of right away. Because uh, I was gonna say there are a lot of guys in Dreamwave who deserve to be making good art for better comics, but a lot of them have. I'm not sure if this is actually universal. I just know I've seen a lot of those names pop up here and there in IDW. Uh, sometimes doing one-off issues or doing covers and stuff, like getting their getting their time with the current really good comics. Um, Writing-wise, I guess just the guys who were writing the Dreamwave ongoing, I wish they could find a venue to publish the rest of their story that they'd written and to this day never really want to tell anyone about it because they think they can still make money off of it. Because uh, I, I want to know what they were going to do, <laughs> I guess. They had some really good ideas right before Dreamwave slammed shut. Um... I'm just thinking if there's anyone else, but I need to look up more names. That's another one I'll open up to the listenership, uh, for sure. Uh, Seth, are there any like are there any G1 voices that you you would have liked to hear in a less silly cartoon? Oh boy, that's um, always been one for me. Is like there's a lot of uh, oh what's a good one? There's a lot of like oh the guy who was uh, who was Prowl, Michael Bell. There are a lot of Michael Bell roles I would have liked to hear in a in a more not, I don't even serious is the right word just a less 80s corny show because Michael Bell has such an intense voice I'd, I'd have liked to hear him outside of G1 more often oh well if you're just talking about bringing G1 voice actors back and have them do a, a current show um, I mean just about anyone that's still working would be cool yeah uh, Greg Berger or uh, or um Paul Eiding. Yeah. Um, everyone we've met. <laughs> um, McConaughey. 
Yeah, I would love for a lot of those guys to get to work on like because a lot of them get work on like stuff like the video, like Devastation, for instance. Yeah. And it's like Devastation was, it was, it was still at the end of the day pretty corny, but it like it sort of crested the hill a little bit of letting some people do a little bit more work with with what they were doing uh, as far as like character layers. Yeah. Well, like uh, Hayes two G one characters, he was basically doing impersonations. He's yeah. doing Thurston Howell and and a Peter Laurie. Like maybe give him a crack at doing a character with a voice that's more his own making. Yeah, yeah. Same same thing with Greg Berger and Paul, and Paul Eiding, Really, like Greg Berger, you know, he everyone loves Grimlock, but also Grimlock never really got to be very nuanced at all. I mean, he kind of was er, in earlier episodes before they turned Grimlock into a a comedy character when he was more the noble barbarian i thought he was a way more interesting character he was he was but also like the directing on early g1 didn't it, it's i don't know how to put this without sounding like this is meant to be negative it's just like without it being a diss on the show there just wasn't room for a lot of nuance like everything was kind of like uh yeah. not loud but everything was very was very bold font you know, blunt, like everything. Yeah, very blunt, very bold font. This is the character. Uh, and and it's not that there wasn't any any ability for anyone involved to put more nuance in They're Just the the show did not demand it of anybody. Um, it wasn't time. Yeah, it was there was there were toys to sell. Damn it. But like, you know, Greg Berger and, and Paul Eiding have done amazing voice work outside of Transformers to the point where, like, I wish they could... I wish that their best work could also touch on Transformers, I guess. Because, like, those two guys have done a lot of really cool stuff that I think is more impressive than their Transformers work. And I'd, I'd love for them to... Because, like, Frank Welker got to come back in Prime and deliver not only one of the best performances of his career, in my opinion, but also one of the best Transformers performances with Prime Megatron. And I would love for more of those older era guys to get another crack at doing stuff that isn't even necessarily their old characters. I guess that's that's probably the biggest answer for me. Yeah. All of G1. That's my answer. <laughs> uh, you guys are just G1ers. <laughs> basically. Basically. Well, you know what? You know what? If you don't like G1ers, surely you'll agree that a lot of G1 voice actors didn't get a chance to put in much nuance. Because they were they were doing all the crowd noises as well. They were doing the Wally Burr run. That's another guy. Like it's sad to say now, but like I wish Wally Burr could have gotten some more voice directing stuff, Transformers wise, on the tail end of his career. Because that dude was also super talented, and uh, and I feel like I feel like it was only really getting recognized in like the mid aughts onward. As far as like the greater fandom recognizing it, but you know, I might, I might be mistaken there. Um, anyway, I hope that answered your question, Mister Biatis. Uh, once again, like anyone listening, please drop some more answers of your own. Um, Seth, I want to I want to talk about what we got this week, and I want to know if you if you got any Transformers this week. No, first and foremost, no, still no. Ah, that's not from failing to look. Absolutely. I Whenever I, I go yeah. to Toys R Us or I go to Target or go somewhere, I look. I just haven't found do anything you, new that I'm after. Do you got any any major things on your list right now that are? Well, just that the are, last of the 
deluxe Titan Returns, and I think there's some of the the little ones that I haven't seen pop up yet. Hmm. The the little like the little headmaster and vehicle pack. I think there's one or two of those I haven't found. Yeah, yeah, I'm still looking for Ramhorn from those. Yeah, that's one of them. And then like that last wave with the Luxes, I haven't come across yet. Yeah, I I got super lucky when I found Slugslinger. Uh, he's cert- he's shown up in my area, but not in the way where he's easy to find. It's more like who wins the lottery and sees the one Slugslinger that's out this week. Uh-huh. Uh is is basically how it's gone. And I got I got super lucky and caught him early on. Um, well, I got I got a couple things um, on topic that I could quickly bolt through. Uh, one of them I just opened up today. I sent you a link uh, to see what they look like. It's the Generation Toy Leaders set. These are uh, these are more pocket scale guys. Uh, these are the Megatron and Optimus Prime that originally you would get by purchasing a whole bunch of a combiner, and you would get these guys as model kit sort of things, where you'd get one sprue per figure, uh, roughly. Uh, and they're model kits, but they also have a whole lot of screws in them, so they're kind of like build buildable little toys more so than model kits. And the the Leader 2 pack gives you the two of them fully assembled, but also, more importantly, fully painted. And so I decided just to, to go for one of those, because I really wanted to get my hands on the Optimus, uh, more so than the Megatron. But also, due to the, the lack of many options of pocket-scale Megatrons, I really wanted to see what this one was like. And uh, I think they're really cool. The Megatron is weaker. Um... He's he's very bulky in a somewhat distracting way, and if you if you take the cannon barrel off his back and the cannon off his arm, he forms into a pistol that's missing its barrel. Like the cannon barrel on his back is the nozzle of the pistol, the barrel, if you will, of the pistol. And uh, it does like you can't perfect transform him to form like a proper handgun, and that always kind of bums me out with a Megatron. Um, it's still a cool transformation. Uh, it's just that I think the Optimus is is more fun. Uh, that Optimus is very bulky, uh, but I think he wears it well, and he has a very cool twist on transforming into a truck. He forms a very nicely square truck, given that his torso has a lot more definition, uh, and the only real bummer on him is that he's got a giant hollow space on the underside of his forearms, and his forearms are so big that that hollow space looks even bigger. Cavernous. Uh, it's cavernous hollow space, and, uh, I, it only bugs me because... These are operating outside of a price point, and I was sitting there just thinking, like, I I feel weird that you guys left that open space on this piece when it is, like, not only a third-party figure, but also one that was doled out a sprue at a time with the Generation Toy Stunticons. Like, I'm kind of astounded at the idea of cutting a corner down there, of all places, uh, when everything else is so sealed up. Um... Also, I wish his gun, his gun can fold up to store underneath his uh, his vehicle mode, but it folds up in a way where I really wish it also could store in the in his back when he's in robot mode, like on MP10. Uh, and I feel like that was maybe a bit of an, a creative oversight. Uh, it's a neat set, though. It's a little expensive, but it's a neat set. And uh, I got some other stuff, but like nothing's like jumping to mind that I'm I'm like desperate to talk about. Uh, it's more like stuff where I'd rather wait till someone else has it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the one thing. Let me let me go on on my Twitter. Let me grab my Twitter media link. I got a I got one of them fans toys, uh, the masterpiece alike 
company that has a sometimes scary following. Uh, they put out they put out a Skyfire that that I did a lot, bunch of research, and that Skyfire, by all accounts, is actually was was very good and also fun to transform. And so I saved up some store credit and things and decided to go for him. And uh, it, I'm really liking him. It's Fans Toys Phoenix. Um, I took a bunch of photos of him today, so Seth, they should all be at the top of my Twitter media. Uh, the dude's huge, but huge. he's got like he's got well he's he's huge. Uh, but he's got well posable hands, and they have like a separate joint so the fingers can spread, which is my kind of thing for posable hands. Uh, he's not super posable. Like I put him in all these weird Michael Jackson poses and male model poses because it's actually easier to do that than put him into like cool action scientist guy poses. Uh, but but his his transformation is incredibly pleasant, and I don't usually find that's a thing I say when I look at how fans toys pieces transform. So I was really happy that he's legit fun to transform into a really cool and big-ass jet mode. And then they they just released a cup, and I was like, oh, man, I wonder how their cup is. And I looked at how he transforms, and by all accounts, their cup's transformation is a colossal anus. So I'm back to spectating fans' toys for the time being. But their Skyfire is super cool, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm digging them. Uh, I don't know if the finger articulation is good or not, because you didn't do any middle finger poses. So I just don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, I didn't want to fill in uh, a piece of information that's already been answered. Because would you believe me if I told you that a whole lot of this toy came out months ago? So a whole lot of people have already taken that picture. Well, I haven't seen those pictures. I'm. You know what? I can't give you all the answers because then how are you gonna? You gotta eventually push okay. the bird out of the nest. All right. So. So by that regard, like when Roger Ebert's reviewing a movie, like he could just leave out whole points about the movie because a whole bunch of other people reviewed the movie too, All right? Is that how that I mean, works? Ba- I mean, basically, if the, if it's just mm-hmm. stating superfluous information, like oh, Roger Ebert didn't say who the actors were in this movie. Well, that's superfluous information because well, I mean, other reviewers have reviewed the film. I mean, technically, yeah. I mean, like, if you, you don't really need to. Just... <laughs> I mean, this man. The film. That's not only a really bad Roger impersonation, but he's also not alive. And well, like, <laughs> it was from that was young Roger Ebert when he was an alcoholic. All right. Before I don't know my Roger Ebert info that 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 well. <laughs> All I know is he made a really bad movie, and he was he was owning it pretty decently. Have you seen that movie? No. Well, then how do you know it's really bad? Because, like, he said it was really bad, and he made it. Oh, Gene Siskel said it was really bad. <laughs> I thought Roger Ebert also, like, like just went, like, yeah, it was really bad, but lay off me, Gene. Lay off. Uh, I don't know. We I've all do dumb things movie. when we're young. I've seen that yeah. movie. Uh, I, I do like you. it. Uh, it's... They really go for it. There's... Uh-huh. <laughs> There's some stuff that happens in that movie, man. There's some stuff that happens. So I heard. <laughs> they go all the way. <laughs> they could have they scaled it back a little. Yeah, I mean, they could have. But would they have? Well, and if they did, then there really wouldn't be anything to the movie. It's almost worth watching just to see how effing bananas it is. 
It's on like that list of movies where I, I want to someday it's going to be the thing where I remember the movie and I'm in the mood to see it and then I'm just going to like turn it on. But yeah. I only ever remember it when I also really don't feel like watching a movie that like <laughs> is like infamous for the reasons it is infamous. Uh-huh. Like it yeah. took me a long time to it's only because they're making the James Franco movie that I finally sat down to look at the room. Yeah. Because you hear about it so much and you know what kind of movie it is. I was like, well, I don't actually really want to watch it. Uh, and then it was explained to me that, like, I can't justifiably go to see Disaster Artist without actually watching the film in the first place. So I found one of the five billion copies on YouTube and just watched it. And I was like, all right, there we go. I did it. I felt like it and I did it. Uh, but Seth, did you let's let's start trading back and forth things we got this week? If you got anything else this week that wasn't a transformer, I got several non-transformer things. Let's do some let's do some back and forth trading. Okay, trade stories. All right. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Uh, I got Ghostbusters that were on sale at Big Bad for fifty percent off. Which um, company? Oh, Lord. I assume Mattel. Um, Okay. It's like Mattel or Diamond, I think. They're not like the super fancy sets that come with lots of accessories. Um, And I try to find. I think those, if if they're in like little boxes, it'd probably be Mattel. Well, they're on blister cards and there was a a build a figure that's the logo and it glows. Oh, that's. Yeah, that's Mattel. Yeah. Because they share a lot of parts. Um, like, they all have the exact same torso. And then there's yeah. a couple different arms and a couple different legs. And then, obviously, the heads are different. And the heads aren't very good likenesses. I mean, they're... You could tell what the what each character is. Like, they're not that bad. Mm-hmm. But they also aren't, like, the best, best likenesses around either. Um but you know for for the price um they're all right um i just wanted i just always wanted a a set of the original ghostbusters um for a while and just would never get any <laughs> and yeah. then uh then this one was super cheap it was 40 bucks for all four of them hey um, yes mattel yeah Finally brought it up. Um, yeah, so they're fine. They're fine. That's All one right. of my things. <laughs> well, I, I went to Five Below and I bought a Marvel toy for $5. Oh, wow. Because I always liked this guy. He seems real stupid, but I always liked him. And for 5 bucks, they had the G.I. Joe scale Marvel lines Omega Red. Oh, and, yeah. uh... So this little dude, I think, is pretty old, but Five Below had him, and uh, and all the all all of them had like ripped up, like all the glue had come had come undone yeah. on their blister cards, so they were all taped onto their cards. Uh, and I found one who had decent paint on his face because a lot of them had real rough shading on their face that did not look like a very good ink wash. So were those uh, the later four-inch figures that they did? Or the original four-inch figures that Hasbro did—that was like part of some weird game. And oh no, these are these are the late pieces. Like these are from the current four-inch line. Oh, the current technically. Four inch line. Oh, okay. Yeah, 
Uh, and Omega Red's pretty cool. Like, like his his tendril thing is carbonium, whatever tendrils. Like they're kind of stuck in bent poses that kind of work. Uh, but he's got he's got thigh swivels, which means I like him because I always hate four inch figures that don't have thigh swivels when they come from Hasbro. Uh, that's right. And uh, the the only thing about him that kind of sucks is his belt is connected to his shoulder pads as one separate piece. So when you turn his upper torso around and start messing with his ab joint and stuff, his shoulder pads are kind of floating above his shoulders attached to his belt that is kind of just like like snugly sitting around his waist. It's really weird. Uh, but it's also Omega Red. He looks like an idiot, and I, I really love him. Uh, he's got Omega symbols all over him, and I don't know why. I nev- I've never that's actually his, kept his name. I mean, yeah, but there's a like you have, his name, and he's it's red, literally and on his. He's, red. he's got a forehead bandana with an omega on it. Yeah, like and it, he's got a bunch of red stuff on him. Yeah, he's omega it's, red. It's very literal. It's very literal. Well, I, Superman has a big S on his chest. I know, and he could stand to talk to some people about that. Batman has a bat on his chest. Yeah, and and you know, it's very literal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so why not? Why not? Huh? Well, the thing the thing about me and Omega Red is I really love Omega Red, but I've never read about him in the comic books, and I almost don't want to because I just like I like how silly he looks, and I don't really want to know about him. Matter eater lad uh, ate matter. He did, and he was a lad. I bet. Yeah. What did he do when he grew up? Did he become matter eater man? He never grew up. Oh no! He wasn't supposed to be eating all that matter. <laughs> He stayed a boy forever, forever eating matter. No, he died. Oh, oh. he ate some uranium. It went real bad. Uh, well, what? He shouldn't have done that. Well, someone also could have stopped him. That's all I'm saying. Well, maybe the other, uh, the others didn't really want him around too much. Hey, you know they call themselves legionnaires. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's so, my story about okay, Omega Red. Look, I'm going to tell you about <laughs> Omega Red's character. Okay. He's a 90s character. Hell yeah. Yeah. So he's just kind of mad. And Jim Lee would draw him <laughs> yelling a lot. And he was made by the Soviets. And that's pretty much his character. <laughs> what's What's his mutant power? Oh, uh, what was it? He like I think he man he, I think he absorbed something. Okay. I think he was like sort of vampiric that way, but not like blood sucking, it, but like he would just like get you all up in his tendrils and then like suck your life force out or something like I don't remember. I sort of remember that from the '90s cartoon, and and the packaging went out of its way to say he's a mutant, but his mutant power isn't his tendrils. He got those later. Yeah. And then I was like, well, then what's his mutant power if he had to go and get hopped up on Russian chemicals and have Russian tendrils attached to his arms? Then does his mutant power kind of suck or something? And I can never remember what it is. Oh, um, let's see. 
Powers and abilities. Omega Red is a mutant with superhuman strength, speed, stamina, durability, agility, and reflexes. A, com- a comic character. <laughs> and to the ability to secrete pheromones from his body, typically what? referred to as death spores. The death spores result in the weakness or death of humans in his immediate vicinity. Okay. Then why does he I have tendrils? What's the point? Making people, yeah, I seem to remember him making people like shrivel up, but uh, yeah, it wasn't him like sucking their life out. It was his death spore pheromones. Like, is it a really small radius and he needs the tendrils to pull people closer? Because otherwise, guess. what's the point? Like, if, if everything around him dies, why have metal tentacles in your arms? I don't know, man. Because the Canadians. Like, everything's dead already. The Canadians took a mutant. And they gave him claws, and the Russians took a mutant, and they gave him tentacles. All right. You think the Japanese would do that, but it turned out to be the Russians. Get it? No, That's it a just, hentai they... joke. Oh, <laughs> I get. I was gonna make some kind of more insider joke about Sunstorm and how he's a jerk. No. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Hentai. Anyway. That's my... That, okay, I've said one of mine. Seth, I'm going to trade it back over to you. Okay. I got um, the Admiral Akbar and first, o- first Order Officer that looks a lot like Vladimir Putin, Tupac. He friggin' does. I saw that at Toys R Us and I almost bought it because of your pictures. Well, one of the other dudes on Twitter, I forgot exactly who, uh, tweeted pictures and I hadn't really seen like i th- i think i had seen pictures of the akbar but i hadn't really seen pictures of the first order officer and the first thing i thought was hey man that dude looks like vladimir putin <laughs> he super friggin looks like and vladimir putin there is no way it's an accident no it that looks literally like <laughs> it's like between that and then the thing about the akbar figure i was like oh if this thing wasn't like as expensive set. as it is Oh, it's a great, it's a great set. set. It's a great set. It's just it's it's six inch figures, so they're kind of expensive. And I was yeah. like, I got to draw the line somewhere. But like, that's I'm real close. If that ever goes on sale, I mean, I it might... looks like Putin. I mean, yeah. And then I, I, want... I didn't I didn't know Akbar's mouth open and closed. That that is what <laughs> as I was popping him out of the blister, his he- his mouth was opening and closing. Like as I was pushing him out from behind. And I go, yeah. oh, man, I didn't know about this. And my girlfriend's like, what? And then I got him out, and I started opening his mouth, open and closed. And she goes, that's cool, and grabbed him away from it's, me. <laughs> it's like the Akbar joint. Like, some, some of the five-point articulation figures of Akbar, I think, even have that. Because it's like, it's Akbar's thing. It's the, it's the trap. It's, the, it's a trap joint. Now, the problem is you can't turn his head left and right because of it. But do, oh, you, really? need to, do you need to yeah, like, you just I guess open so. and close his mouth? And it's like modern Akbar, which like me- makes me like twice as interested in it because it's like he's the Akbar that can hang out with the First Order guys and s- scream at them, or the Resistance. Wouldn't he be hanging out I with the Resistance? I don't have any of the Resistance. No. All right. Well, yeah. Well, you need to get the first, the unnamed, non-specific First Order officer. Dang. I mostly want. I mostly want him because I. I don't know. I, I always, every now and then I like to, I have a little team of six inch figures that I, I use as basically like they're the ones who get beat up all the time by whoever I'm reviewing. And it would be super fun to have a Vladimir Putin join the cast of Eternal Losers in my review B-roll. 
I'm going to send you a picture of the Akbar because he has a uvula. Oh, man. Which is neat. That started on a... That, okay, I see it now. That started on a picture <laughs> of Porgs and then moved down to the uvula. Oh, okay, yeah. Because there, there's going to be a Porg 2-pack. Black Good. Series Porg 2-pack. I'm glad there is. For $40. <laughs> Pardon me? No, I think okay. uh, <laughs> I think it was stated that there it's a five dollar pack, which it damn well better be. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say like how do you like unless they the porgs also come with like an accessory for every figure in the line, which <laughs> <laughs> would be cool. That'd be neat. My question then was, can you fit them in Akbar's mouth? Because well, I mean, I there's only way to get them. Only one way to find out. Yeah, I get them. Yeah, spend spend five dollars for science. That Akbar looks really, really good. Well, I mean, all Akbars are good. I know, but this looks really, really There's good. No bad Akbars. This is haggard. This is haggard Akbar. It's yeah, like old the, man Akbar. What's the lifespan on a on a Mon Calamari anyway? I don't know. I just I want to know who had the the perfect and right idea to just go like instead of having a Mon Calamari in the resistance thing in episode seven. What if we just say it's still Admiral Akbar? Yeah, it's still. What Akbar. if he just survived? Yeah, I yeah. assume that it was somebody else. Because me too. Because if he was an admiral <laughs> back in Jedi, <laughs> you you would assume that he was a you know a fully grown. Maybe middle-aged adult space fish lobster man. <laughs> Here's my problem yeah. with the Mon Calamari. All right. All the, right. The thing about toys that you don't really see so much in the movies because of how shots are framed, but you can't avoid it in the toys. So they got this big fish head, and then their mm. forearms are like these big like uh, crab leg kind of crustacean arms but just their forearms so how the hell do they get their shirts on because so it always seems really tight around their upper arm but then they got like dainty little human feet and these big floppy fish hands way back in the day when hasbro was doing a 12 inch star wars line one of the last figures i got from that line was a 12 inch admiral akbar because i was i thought it was hilarious and that's when i first realized there's no way he could put his own shirt on (laughs) yeah and I was like, "Who are you?" And then when I and the fact that in the resistance he's changed his clothes. <laughs> yeah, Akbar. the Mon Calamari make no sense. No, they're, still no they, awesome. they're very, they're great, but they're very silly. In what's <laughs> otherwise a very hard sci-fi universe that is the Star Wars universe. Uh, all right, well, Seth, I got, I got, I got one more thing here. I can, I can talk about to trade okay. back. Okay. I got another Storm Collectibles figure. Oh, did you? Uh, so I, 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 I had messed with Hot Ryu and Ken, and now I got their Scorpion from the Mortal Kombat line. Oh, Scorpion's real good. Storm Collectibles stuff is really good. I'm just really like, it's really good, but also uses so much soft plastic that like I don't, I don't know if it's really good because I don't know what they're gonna be like in a few years. But like here and now, they feel really good. 
Uh, like, the whole tunic is... It's not just, like, the tunic and skirt is soft plastic, but it's, like, bits and pieces are soft plastic as well. And then, like, on their Street Fighter figures, parts of the musculature are soft plastic over hard joints, but in a way that doesn't feel, like, restrictive like Hot Toys does. It's, like, very smart. It's ways that actually help the figure. Well, just to overlap a little bit, I got the uh, regular Storm Ryu. Oh, the, the Gi Ryu? Yeah. Yeah, so he's, like, he's he got that, the right? soft stuff for, for his neck, around his neck. Yeah. Which I do think hampers his the head articulation a little. Oh, so so I actually skipped him because of what I was reading. The Gi Ryu is like, there's things on him that were actually, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Problems he had were accounted for when they did Ken, uh, the neck especially. So, like, on Ken, the neck has an extra joint in it, but mm. it's still soft plastic. So, like, on Ken, all the articulation's there, but the neck also bends with his movements in a way that doesn't fight back. Whereas on Ryu, yeah, there's only one joint. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On Ken, they fixed it, uh, well, which is a shame because, you know. <laughs> I don't want that style of Ken. Yeah. Oh, uh, classic Ken. No, the... All the reading I, I did is that Ryu and, to a, a smaller degree, Hot Ryu both really suffer for being, like, kind of the first design that they did. Uh, that's kind of why I waited for Hot Ryu, because I heard, like, I was reading that Hot Ryu at least had a few little fixes. Uh, but then Hot Ryu doesn't come with the Hadouken. He comes with the Hadouken charge, but not the actual Hadouken. And so I'm like, do I want to buy a Ryu just for a Hadouken? I don't know. Anyway, Scorpion's yeah, really the, good. The Hadouken is weird, though. Because it doesn't have uh, a stand, it just sort of attaches to his hands. Yeah. So it's a little weird, but Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion is is just uh, he feels really good uh, in a lot of like. I don't want all the ninjas, but I actually can understand someone who decides to just buy all the ninjas because it's a really good ninja body. It pose it's like it poses real well anywhere where it's limited. You can fight the joints to unlimit it just enough. Uh, this is the whole thing with Storm Collectibles that I've experienced. It's like they don't have... They, they have articulation limitations, but it feels like you can really fight the figure as much as you want to to try to get just that extra little bit out of the articulation. And it feels like the figure will take it. I just don't know what any of this soft plastic is going to be like in a few years. And that's yeah. the only part that's that's really messing with me because it feels so intelligent if it's durable. I didn't think about that until you said I don't know what it's going to be in a few years. And then I got these horrible images in my head of Rayu's neck deteriorating. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like I, I hope that zombie Rayu. Great. I I hope that's not the case. Obviously, but like and and the way they use it, if like assuming that that silicon or whatever that they're using is very survivable and a good polymer, they're using it in really smart ways, as though it was cloth, and it solves some of the problems of cloth on a smaller figure because it's sculpted, so it still bends and stuff, but it doesn't like puff or anything. So I don't know. I really like them, and I'm, I'm, I want to know. I want a message from the future that will tell. There's so many better things a message from the future could tell me about. <laughs> but I would just like one innocent little one that tells me how these turn out. <laughs> yeah, um, I have the Chun Li on pre-order, mm -hmm. and I've eyeballed 
Sub-Zero and Scorpion, but I haven't found them for a price I'm okay with. Um, I went back and forth for a while trying to decide if I wanted to go with Storm or uh, uh, SH Figuarts for mm. Street Fighter stuff. And then I watched a couple comparison videos, and the the Figuarts seem to have better articulation, but they're so much smaller and not really accurate to the games in the way that I think the storm are like mm-hmm. the, the, the storm sculpts look more like the, the current games to me. And then figure arts upcoming Chun Li, um, the blue on her outfit is like really shiny. And yeah. I don't know if it's like, they're, they went for a metallic blue or if it's just the paint they used on the plastic they used but that was kind of the last straw um, because I'm not going complete in any way it's just going to be the characters that are the most iconic Street Fighter characters to me so like I'm not going to get Hot Ryu or Ken um, I almost ordered the Bison but then didn't um, I'm not going to get saying so. So I, I the the last thing I was going to talk about was I also got the bison. Oh, okay. Because okay, here's the here's a weird thing. I ended up really liking a lot of the Street Fighter Five designs. That's why I went with Hot Ryu. Another reason I went with Hot Ryu over Gi Ryu mm-hmm. for the Storm stuff is I was like, well, I kind of I kind of dig the redesign on Ken in a way, and and so I want like I don't want him with normal Ryu because that's just going to make Ken look weird. And I really <laughs> like the Street Fighter Five design on Bison. With the like, instead of a cape, he just has like an elongated jacket. Yeah. Um. So that figure, I only mess with him a bit, but he also he he's in a in a bigger way. He has that same really good feeling, and that the the soft plastic that feels like it's there to help me play with the figure. Um. Bison also has a really weird thing that it took a bit of research to find out about because he's got swappable arms where you can pull his arms off and put on a united pair that can like clipped together so he can cross his arms and in order so this was apparently decided on uh after the fact once the figures were being produced that in order to make the tension on the ball joint safer for swapping uh it was decided to have the factory crack the sockets inside the shoulders so the socket just basically they took like a pair of pliers or you know clippers and just basically put a crack into the sockets there's a bit of flex on them well that sounds terrible so (laughs) I knew about it going in, which means that it didn't freak me out. But I was like, I got to take a look at this thing now. Um, I can like if if that's it looks like palm plastic. So that's like a very durable plastic that I believe can take that kind of flex, like the micro flex. Now that it's able to open and close a little bit. It's a completely valid solution. Except that the way it was messaged sounds terrible. Yeah. And it was also not messaged immediately. It was discovered when people thought they had broken their toys <laughs> and then word eventually got out from storm that no, this is actually intentional to make the, the figure more durable. And it's like, there was a way you could have presented this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, end result is bison's shoulders do swap nicely, but they also feel like ever so slightly loose. Like it's a ball socket joint, so it's easy to fix. Uh, I can just like, you know, give it a, give it a dip. But, uh, that side of the bison figure is really weird and potentially very off-putting, especially if someone doesn't tell you about it before you buy it. 
Uh, yeah. Everything else about him, like I'm really liking because he's a cool version of the design and he's he's posable for his beef. Like that's that's the thing that almost starts to attract me to the Zangief. Is that all of my friends who have got him are talking about how he's way more posable than a dude who looks like he's made out of like muscle putty should be uh, as an action figure. Yeah, the Zangief is super impressive. Um, yeah, it's just I'm I'm gonna stick the characters that I'm. Like that feel to me like the most iconic Street Fighter characters, and and Bison is, but I I just don't know if I uh, if I want to get too many. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna stick with Ryu. I'm gonna get that Chun Li. If they do a Ken and a Gi, like an old school regular ass Ken, then I'll get that. Otherwise, I think the only other one I would want is Sagat. Yeah, I hope they do a Sagat yeah. soon. Like that's, I love Sagat's design. Well, I dug uh, up my Soda Sagat, um, which isn't regular Sagat. It was from a a two pack with Ken, where they're like battle damage or not Ken Ryu, where they're like battle damaged, and um, one of Ryu's hand is hands is like blue with weird electric things coming off of it. Oh, Which, it's like when he did his first dragon punch or whatever. Yeah, so like the scar on Sagat is like painted, so it's like fresh tear up his chest. Yeah. And they both have like blood on the corners of their mouths and and like blood on their their clothes and stuff. And I really like that Sagat mold. Um and I've looked on eBay and such for like the clean Sagats that Soda did. Um, and they're way too expensive. <laughs> he was like wave now. one or two, I think. Yeah. So uh, I, I really like that sculpt. But uh, if Storm were to do a new one, I'd be all into it. Yeah, I I, I would love to see a Storm take on Sagat. Also because he's another tall character. And they're, yeah. that's the thing about Bison that I would say, like, if you can ever find him for a really good price, uh, the size on him is so cool because he's he's not like you know enormous but he he looks like he has that that girth that i kind of like about the current bison design where it's kind of like this is a slightly older bison who's all like pump full of psycho power uh the other fun thing about him is he's got like three head swaps uh so you just ball socket swap his head but then the one part that you that does not the part you have to put on each head his hat comes off so you can have his hat lying on the floor by itself and so all all of the bison heads are hatless, and you put the hat on to like finish them uh, when you put them onto his neck. And I don't know something about that I really like. Um, the only like, the only problem with his bulk is that you can't get his heels perfectly together for the whole like double heel stomp thing. Uh, but he can do like the the kooky scissor kick thing really well. Yeah, well, one of the things I love so much about Sagat is he has a story arc across the games. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't know what he's got going on in Street Fighter Five. Um, he's not in it. Well, that makes Street Fighter Five even worse. But <laughs> well, the, the the thing I would like them to do because I mean the problem is their story mode kind of was questionable because Capcom took all the wrong lessons from Mortal Kombat in a way. But like the implication is that Sagat got tired of Shadowloo and left. And so that makes me way more interested in what he's up to now because I'm like, yeah, well, what's well, that? That was his story in four. 
So in yeah. one, he was just like the best fighter around. Ryu beats him. Uh, he does not take that well at all. Um, in his obsession with defeating Ryu, he hooks up with Shadow Lu. Um, then after losing to him again, um, um, Sagat realizes that um, Ryu's just a superior fighter. There's no reason to harbor this obsession and to be aligned with these dirt bags. So he's just accepted that. And now he's, he sees Ryu more as a rival, like someone to aspire to, to get better. Like now he's, he's, he's inspired to become a better fighter so he could challenge Ryu again, but it's not like an anger thing. It's it's more of a Zen kind of acceptance. And so instead of being pissed off, I'm just going to use this as inspiration to become better. Mm-hmm. And then Adnan sees him as like a punk and Adnan's like after Sagat, he is like Sagat doesn't deserve to be the best Muay Thai fighter in the world anymore. And uh, so that gives Adnan a little bit of a story. Um, and I just really like Sagat having a... St- like, he's one of the only characters in that that has any sort of a story arc like that. Yeah, I, or at least one that's actually fleshed out and not just, like, here's glimmers of one. Which yeah. is, is I, sh- I want to say, my fa- like, I know I'm in the minority, my favorite part of fighting games is actually all the glimmers of story arc that are in there somewhere. That's why I really uh-huh. like what Midway did in, in, in MK9 of making the story mode actually legit in a fighting game and starting that whole trend. Because I, I, I like legit story stuff in fighting games because the fighting game is so arbitrary. It's two yeah. people are going to fight. And I, I love the idea of, of I love all the ways that the storylines have to at times stretch to explain why any of it's happening. Uh-huh. Um, there's something really fun and video gamey about that. Um, but yeah, this this just going back the storm collectible stuff. I'm getting more enamored with it than I am afraid of it uh, with everyone that I'm picking up. So... I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep dipping my toes in the storm pool uh, when I can. But uh, that's also all. The, that's all my what I got. So I want to talk about. Is <laughs> oh, there anything else? Here we go. Start the train. Oh, because I got more stuff. What? 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 Okay, so there is a new. So there's a new store in Santa Rosa um, that was well away from the fire, so everything's cool. Um, Yay. Uh, called the Batcave Toys and Comics. And I was expecting it to be more like a comic book store that had some toys. But it is a toy store that's got some comics. And Ooh. it's not even like current comics. It's old comics, <laughs> like back issues and stuff and wall books and and that sort of thing. It's like uh, the first appearance of, of uh, Deadpool, like stuff like that. Um so it's much more collector focused and i didn't realize at the time when we were there and this place is huge too it's really big there's tons of stuff um i didn't realize until we got home and i was looking at what i had bought that there was a vendor number on the price tags so i think it's like a consignment store oh neat because things were and then as i thought about them like yeah the shelves were set up in definite like little sections and there were 
things that crossed over from section to section. Like, like one section was almost entirely nothing but aliens stuff. Like 90s aliens toys right up to current NECA aliens toys. Um, all kinds of stuff. And then like one section had like one or two transformers. And then like, and then another section had like a bunch of like early classics, like that first run of classics transformers. And then yeah, like the sixes. Yeah. And then there was a case in another part of the store that had a, a jet fire in the box. G one jet fire in box that didn't even have a price tag. And I wasn't going to bother asking cause you know, I wasn't, whatever however much it costs i knew i didn't have it <laughs> so um so that's when i kind of figured out like oh the this must be like some kind of a consignment store thing um so it was pretty neat so um i got that black series ahsoka that that's i i thought i was short two of the the phoenix squad black series figures but i forgot that i'd gotten canon and in a wave of other stuff and just never opened them yeah so the ahsoka turned out to be the last one i needed and they only wanted 20 bucks for her so that's right around regular price so nice uh, so that worked out and then uh i also got um loyal subjects little skeletor oh like from the uh the action vinyls or whatever yeah so they had a bunch of the the uh, Masters of the Universes for that, but I just got the Skeletor because I have this weird little accidental Skeletor collection going on now. Um, I was trying like mad recently to find Mega Bloks put out little single pack figures, and one of them is Skeletor, uh, like little action figures, like they're minifigs, yeah. not like the little brick buddy things. That Skeletor I cannot find anywhere. I saw pictures of it online the other day but i don't remember if they were just pictures or if and maybe it was on amazon yeah i know I he's out on amazon. it's such a it's a cool friggin wave it's he-man skeletor captain picard a borg an alien xenomorph <laughs> and a marine it's like the it's like, like out of nowhere megablocks does the super seven whatever funko reaction thing like, you know, here's a wave of things you remember, but, like, it looks better and cheaper. <laughs> I don't know. I really I really like what Megablox is doing. Um, yeah, here it is on Amazon for $11.85 with Prime shipping. Only three left in stock. Order soon. He's supposed to be five bucks, not 11 bucks. Well, this is probably some Amazon seller that's trying to soak you for money. Grr. There's a lot of people selling stuff on Amazon that aren't directly Amazon, or there's some affiliate seller thing where they could set their own price, and then like there's all kinds of cool stuff that's like, oh, this is mul- many times more than it's supposed to be. So f that noise. I I've had discussions with people who. I guess didn't know that and thought that Amazon was indicative of the actual price of Masterpiece Transformers. And I, I know I've had to at least once or twice have that conversation with someone outside the fandom going like, no, these are not all $250. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's some scummy person on Amazon hoping to fleece somebody who doesn't know any better. Yep. Yep. I'll just have to keep an eye out for this in the wild then. Um, 
And I'm not going complete on the Skeletor collection. I'm not a maniac. <laughs> no, but the five dollar really articulate little Skeletor should be. Yeah. I would. I would. I would impress upon you that's probably worth adding to the, to the collection. Yeah, but this loyal subjects one is is fun. Weird little thing. His jaws articulated still. Um, nice. So he's just a cool little thing. Like, oh, that's weird. I'll get that. And then the last thing I got off topic, I pre-ordered back on Force Friday from GameStop. And then I got an email saying, oh, it's delayed. And then like two days later, oh, it's here. And it's shipping. <laughs> um, I got We don't know what's going on. <laughs> Star Wars Black Series, Supreme Commander Snoke. <laughs> With throne, yeah, Dave, David Fake Eyes. That toy was made for him, but I think that toy is impossible to take bad photos of because I've loved every picture I've ever seen of that toy on Twitter so far. Oh. Oh. Here I am, second banana to Fake Eyes again, second fiddle. I mean, listen, kind of my pictures. On uh, it's, it's no, it's, it's that we have, we have. And that was a good picture. Did fake I eyes that. give him a purse? I don't remember. All I know is fake eyes has taken really good open robe pictures. No, he but didn't listen, give him a purse. Listen, he didn't, and that's something he can never take away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, that figure looks amazing. I don't want to ever spend money on it, but I kind of wish I had one. He's very fashionable. Um well, I believe there's going to be just him in a regular ass box before long. I know, but what's without the what's throne? What's the point, though? What's the point without the throne? I know the throne is great. I know. I wouldn't be surprised if we never see him standing up in the movie, or at least in this next movie. He'll probably <laughs> I just know, be in his throne. I want to know, like, when Hasbro was like, "We need to know what to sculpt under the robe." I want to know what that conversation was like. <laughs> yes. Fabulous little gold slippers. That's all you and need like, to know. And like, like t- t- old man pajama pants. <laughs> They're like capris. His little capri pants are the the other best part. Along with his golden slippers, he's the most unthreatening thing I've ever seen. His belt that keeps his robe closed uh, has a his buckle golden robe. and it's folded over. It folds over, yeah. I mean, he's got a huge ring. He's got like one massive ring. He's a very fashionable man. He's the least threatening supervillain <laughs> they could have ever des- ever designed <laughs> for these movies. Yeah, but his face is in all every messed up. single way. He's got a messed up face. It is. It is a messed up face <laughs> for sure. But he's wearing a bright gold robe and gold and little gold shoes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> No, he is he's a savage. Has a toy ever completely taken all the menace out of a villain before a movie like this? <laughs> like Oh man. Like I just can't believe every single new picture of him, I'm just like, man, who is this guy? <laughs> I hope that like is this is this guy gonna kill a beloved character too? Are we just gonna have someone fall to Snoke? Because whoever falls to Snoke is gonna stop being cool. No, he's very tall. So, extremely, and he's the head and shoulders above Akbar. Um, he's a tall dude. Did you see the picture where I put Akbar in his throne? 
Uh, I, I saw the one where Akbar was screaming at him with the purse, but I didn't see the one where he was sitting in the throne. Oh, no. Yeah, this, this is a different picture. Um, copy link to tweet. Let me send you that. How is that throne? Like, it looks really painted. Um, you know, it's just kind of a big, mostly hollow plastic piece. I mean, there's no real heft to it, but it's wide and flat enough to where it sits well. Um, and Akbar looks better in the throne. Yeah, it's got a little bit of paint on it. I mean, there's like that ridge around the middle, and then some lights on the sides. But yeah, just it, the, the it's little fairly lights are, simple. They're the kind of thing I could see not getting painted. You know? Yeah. Like this is something about that I kind of like. Well, and I fully expect people to look at this throne and try to find meaning in it and stuff because there's little lights on one side that are red and little lights on the other side that are blue and maybe the whole thing with this is neither like snoke and kylo and and uh friggin ray are actually all the way light side or dark side and this is all working toward the gray balance thing is that, and then all the little lights on his throne start blinking depending on the state of the balance of the force? I guess. I don't know. I don't know, man. But I gave Akbar sunglasses. He did, and a cheese plate. Yeah. <laughs> I like the cheese plate a lot. And a, and a, like a Manhattan. Yeah. Beverage cocktail. Yeah, I mean, you can close the mouth on the Akbar. I just never see the reason to just always have his mouth open yeah and Akbar, the only reason to close it is to huh the only reason to close it is to then open it yeah yeah like exactly. if the clo- closed mouth akbar is an interstitial state yeah and that akbar isn't screaming at snoke he's like aghast like he's, he's going <gasps> as act as, i misread well snoke's like doing the whole talk to the hand thing at him yeah I mis- I misread the situation. Yeah, he's got a boombox. <laughs> Probably he listening does. to Run DMC. <laughs> Probably. I mean, what would Akbar listen to if not Run DMC? I don't know. Like this is the, the a bunch of like sugar kooky war music. No, I think he's into like old school eighties hip rap. Hip hop rap. Zach Bar always strikes me as the guy who would like he'd he'd be mobilizing his fleet and then he would turn on like Call of the Valkyries or whatever. Uh, Ride of the Valkyries. Like, he seems like that kind of dude. Ride of the Valkyries. <laughs> Call of the Valkyries is his own original cover he made of it, but no yeah. one wants to listen to it. <laughs> it's just him beatboxing the whole thing. <laughs> well, it switches between him beatboxing and playing a recorder, so. <laughs> Well, Seth, did you get anything else this week? No, nope, that's it. <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, I, got, well, that... I got three uh, NES cartridges. Oh, I saw that on How Twitter, that? too. Yeah. Well, we just got one today. A co-worker of my girlfriend gave her a copy of uh, Super Mario Bros. 3. That's a good game. But we bought Tetris and Mario 2. And then this co-worker also gave her a TV. Like his I mean, old why not? CTR. And I don't want oh, wow. it. I don't want it. Because <laughs> we've been seriously discussing getting one of these, like, clone consoles. And yeah. I was very much 
ready to pull the trigger on an AVS, which only has HDMI out. So, oh, I don't want to buy something else at this point because the only only one of these clone systems for NES that that I would consider is the uh, NT Mini, but that's five hundred dollars, and I don't want to spend half that much. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. So. I'm kind of angling toward maybe we just take that TV to the Goodwill. Uh, she's like, well, that's, he was I mean, going to get rid of it anyway. I'm like, and he did get rid of it. He just made it our problem. <laughs> we have three TVs well, that, already. What are we going to do with this thing? That's already a better solution than like taking it out to a field and smashing it with a hammer. Yeah. Which yeah. I admit is the first thing that crossed my mind. <laughs> Well, she's going to try to figure out somewhere to keep it. Uh, I don't know. If she can figure it out, then that's great. Uh, the roof. Yeah. <laughs> the garbage can. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's like we have three TVs and we only use one with any regularity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't see the point to it. And she well, and then she was like, "Well, if you get that Super Nintendo one that that is on pre-order, the Super NT, then maybe we could use it for that." I'm like, "No, oh, that's HDMI out only too." And she goes, "But the their Nintendo, their NES one has the, the other things." And like, well, they don't on the Super, so don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, I wish you the best of luck with this quandary. Yeah. I just don't have any CRT TVs. That's my yeah. solution. Well, those uh, my very helpful solution. Some of these like more high end clone systems are really neat how they work with the programmed processor chip and all the kind of stuff they could do. They're pre- it's a pretty neat thing. I spent like a hmm. week watching multitudes of review and comparison videos. <laughs> uh. I want an update when it comes. All right. For now, though, I'm gonna I'm gonna close this up. Okay, close it. I'm Lock I'm it on the fade. Yeah, go to bed. Uh, well, thank go to thank bed, you old for man. <laughs> the night Lord. is for the youth. <laughs> the youth. Uh, Seth, hey. thanks for joining me. Oh, happy. and uh, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, to all of you out there, um, have a good day, a good night, whatever it is. Uh, stay tuned for more TFW 2005 WTF or TFW Transformers Talk. We're always on topic and always on time on this podcast. So uh, we'll catch you again when it is the right time. Because we know when it's the right time. Is that the new tagline? It is the new tagline. Always on topic, I thought of it always in DC. on time was all right. And then it just kept going and got clunkier as it went. <laughs> Oh, no, I meant that's the tagline. The rest of that was just me talking afterwards. Oh, I thought it was all the tagline. <laughs> no, the rest of that's when you click on the tagline. The rest of that's what pops up. Mm. So FYI, all of you, stop clicking on the tagline. I'm trying to make it unpleasant. Uh, but yeah, uh, we will talk to you later. Uh, so thanks for listening, and stay safe. Stay safe.